0: Welcome to Chit Chatter with Rhea, the podcast that provides information to you about the legal and political process. Now here's your host, Rhea Chattergoon. Welcome back to Chit Chatter, everyone. I know it's been a little break from the podcast. I got really busy with trial prep for a trial that didn't go. Um, And then I went to Carnival in Trinidad. I came back really sick. And came right back into more trial prep for a case that still didn't go because that's sort of the backlog with the courts that we're dealing with. Uh, you know, instead of having a jury trial now on one of my particular cases, I am being sent to what's called non binding arbitration. And so a lot of these South Florida judges are sending cases to what's called non binding arbitration. Um, causing you to, causing you, the attorney and the client, to try your case before an arbitrator. And then if you don't like the result, then you go to a jury trial. So essentially, you're trying the case twice if you don't like the result you get from arbitration. it. I have a lot of thoughts about it. <laughs> I don't know how constitutional I believe it is, but it's it's what we're doing to get these cases uh, tried and, and resolved. And I've got a really good judge on this on this particular case, so I'm hoping she is making the decision because she really does think it's best for my case and for my client. Um, it's not very often I commend judges, so take that <laughs> with what it's meant to be. There's been so much happening since I've been gone. I Well, let me tell you, when I came back from Trinidad and, and during the time I was in Trinidad, I got hit with a scam, if you follow me on my personal Instagram page, you've heard all about it. Uh, Basically, my friends and I rented a uh, condo uh, in Trinidad and got scammed out of our money. The lady never gave us the place. We ended up staying with family. It was a whole long story, but still dealing with that and trying to deal with the Trinidad government is uh, not the easiest thing in the world, as it is everywhere else. but so much, so much has been happening in the past couple of weeks. I got a couple of texts saying, are are we going to talk about this? Are you going to do a podcast? What's happening? So here I am recording um, and hope to get this out to you this week. Uh, as I'm recording this, uh, word is that the Manhattan DA will be issuing a an arrest warrant for Donald Trump on Tuesday. So, you know, lock him up. Isn't that what they said? Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, it is, do I think he's going to get convicted? I don't know. And that's an honest answer. And I don't know what that will really mean for the American people, right? Because he's already pitting his, his supporters, uh, against this, uh, alleged arrest and asking them to protest and really inciting another January 6th, um, "Quote unquote protest, uh, but it's really dividing us, and I think it's going to divide the country even more. and And the powers that be, I believe, know that, which is why I think they have had to really dot their eyes and cross their T's with everything that they're doing, because of course the narrative that is being spun out. Um, by the GOP and even, you know, even the, the really conservative far right wing uh, people. Actually, Kevin McCarthy came out and said is politically motivated and he's going to investigate. And I, I mean, whatever happened to just politicians letting the justice system do what it's supposed to do, I mean, that is why we have three branches of our government, right? Um, but you know, it, it, let's see how it plays out. Um, I hope for the best. I do hope he is held accountable for his crimes, as I would feel if Joe Biden committed a crime while he was in office um, or out of office. I, I I mean, I just believe we have a separation of powers for a reason. Uh, also, as I record this, the International Criminal Court has also issued uh, an arrest warrant for Putin. Uh, vladimir putin for literally kidnapping ukrainian children so i guess it's arrest warrants for all dictators or wannabe dictators happening this week and i'm here for it i honestly can't believe this ukrainian war is still ongoing i mean it it is just disgusting it's heartbreaking i have a couple of ukrainian friends uh, that i talked to uh, about this war and you know just how it's affecting their families Um, it's really sad, and it's really sad that, I mean, listen, I understand why the international community hasn't gotten involved. I I, I get the politics behind it, but people are dying. Children are dying. Children are now being kidnapped. Uh, But I give a lot of credit to the International Criminal Court, the ICC, for issuing the arrest warrant. Um, I was part of the International Moot Court at my law school, and so we, we, argued a lot of international crime cases, et cetera, and it was fun. Uh, I, w- I wish I kind of would have stuck with that path and gone to work for the UN or something, but, you know, responsibilities and, and all that. Um, not sure how this warrant's gonna be executed, you know? But honestly, look, I, I don't understand why this man is alive, right? I don't understand why the international community has allowed this man to exist. And I'll leave it at that, because I don't want to be accused of inciting violence like some of the people I talk about on this show. The biggest news for the past couple of weeks, um, which is no shocker to anyone with a brain, right? Um, the the Fox News anchors' texts uh, have been revealed in the Dominion lawsuit. Uh, evidence evidence come, has come out saying that they knew that they were lying to the American public, and that uh, Trump is an idiot. Uh, Tucker Carlson's texts show that he couldn't stand him. Um, you know, but again, this is not a shock to anyone. There was a 2020 lawsuit where um, Tucker Carlson's lawyer stated that you—he was being sued. His, his show was being sued for libel, and. The, his actual lawyer made an argument to the court saying you can't expect to literally believe the words that are coming out of his mouth because it's fiction. And, and they actually made that argument in court and I don't know why that didn't get as much press as I thought it should at the time. Um, the federal judge in that case, a Trump appointee I might add, dismissed the libel lawsuit but not before he stated in the actual order that the, quote, general tenor of the show um, should then inform the viewer that Carlson was not stating, quote, actual facts about the topics he discusses and instead engaged in exaggeration and non-literal commentary. I'm quoting that, by the way. So anyone who heard of that lawsuit, who heard of the judge's order, of course they didn't cover it on Fox News, Um, knew that Fox News was spurring lies and spreading disinformation amongst its followers and and viewers. And so the evidence that's coming out now out of this Dominion lawsuit is beyond juicy, beyond juicy. And they're releasing all of this evidence. And so this is a perfect example of – and if you guys have children listening to this podcast or have it on speaker – This is a podcast I'm going to curse at, so this is your invitation to take it off, speaker. Um, This is your warning. (laughs) But this this Dominion lawsuit is a perfect example of fuck around and find out because when Fox decided it would claim the election machines were rigged and the election was stolen, it bucked up against an entity that could afford a lengthy, drawn-out, expensive lawsuit, and they're not backing down. Uh, so, you know, I keep saying to my friends, God, I hope this is what bankrupts this station, uh, because the disinformation is, is, um, it's just horrible for the American public. And look, I, I've talked about it on my podcast before. I have a couple of neighbors that have fallen into this trap. Um, one that I will not speak to anymore. Uh, but you know, it's, it's just crazy. The, the brainwashing that has occurred with so many people. Um, what else happened? Making <laughs> making me physically ill this week was Marjorie Taylor Greene, um, the the Georgia congresswoman. Uh, she was acting in the role of the speaker pro tempore. Um, it's it's a temporary position. It's frequently rotated. Uh, between representatives to perform certain duties that the House Speaker um, does when when they're not available to attend session on the floor. But it, it physically made me ill because this woman is a raging idiot. And I don't say that to be funny. I don't say that to be demeaning. Well, a little bit demeaning. But I say it with concern for our democracy because there are just these not-so-smart people who have no idea how government works in these positions. I mean, between Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren Boebert, I I don't know who's worse. I mean, we know Greene is a QAnon supporter, stated that 9-11 was a hoax, is racist beyond belief. Um, but the two of them, Greene and, and Boebert, become, are becoming more and more vocal, becoming more and more powerful in the Republican Party. And it's really, really unbelievable. I saw a friend of mine uh, last week who he used, I, I used to work with him, and he used to be a staunch Republican. And, you know, we were just having discussions because he and I would would go back and forth back in the day when you could actually have an intelligent discourse with your friends on the other side. Um, but he, even he is just... In disbelief of what's happening to his party, and I felt a little bad for him. I felt a little bad because we couldn't have our usual discourse on on policy. Um, but look, you know, he and I were both in agreement. We are just seeing what happens when you don't get out and vote. When you allow these slime balls into your party, and you know, we're, we're seeing we're seeing what happens as a result of it. What else happened? Uh, we saw the collapse of the Silicon Valley Bank this week, um, a direct reflection of regulations that were scaled back by the Trump administration. Um, regulations that have allowed to be scaled back, and and you know the Dems have allowed it too. I, I'm I'm gonna say what fair what's fair, um, you know, because now Republicans are more apt to regulate uteruses and books and transgender issues, which I'll get into in a little bit. But you know, in the meantime, these banks are folding. And this wasn't the first bank, by the way, there were there were a few more banks, this was just one of the bigger ones, which is why it was such big news. And it was also such big news because it happened in the in the midst of the Biden administration. So of course, faux news, Fox News has to take that and run with it. Um, But The Biden administration has decided that the bank's going to get bailed out by the FDIC. And I'm not sure I too much agree with that. I mean, look, yes, I think individuals whose monies were in the bank, you know, they should be protected to some extent. But I hate that these banks and all of the bad decisions made by the people at the helm of these banks continue to get bailed out by the government. And this isn't my first feelings on this. I feel that banks and airlines always get bailed out. Um, It was actually one of the biggest criticisms I had with Obama back in 2008. Um, And look, he was right in the end. It worked out. He was technically right about bailing out the banks, you know, the economy recovered. But I was of the opinion at that time that he should have just let them fail. And I got a lot of heat from my Democratic friends about it. But that was my feeling back then. Um, you know, of course, I knew it would come with consequences. And, you know, but what we see as a result of that are these banks continuing to act without any responsibility, um, without any consequences, because they continue to get bailed out. And they go on to just rake in profits and they're still foreclosing on people's homes, mind you. There are regulations that that are in place, but you know, look, I maybe I need to get a banking expert on here to talk more about it. Is out of my wheelhouse. I just have my personal opinions about it. Um, but I'll work on that if there, are, if I have any banking experts out there listening to my show, let me know if you're willing to come on here and talk about why banks fail and why they get bailed out. Uh, what else is happening? Well, across the nation. There is an attack on the LGBTQIA community and, and it's just simply disgusting. I don't know what other adjective to use to describe it. I am of the opinion and I, I will just never understand why people care so much about what other people are doing with their bodies, with who they love, or you know most importantly, what they're doing in their bedrooms. If you don't like it, don't do it. There's a simple solution to it. You know, how is it hurting you? You know, putting aside the selective outrage, allegedly based on these, you know, right-wing Christian beliefs, what we are seeing, right, is a (laughs) projection from these, and I'll say it, white, allegedly conservative morons, um, I think we, we saw a picture of the governor from Tennessee, I forget his Bill Lee, I think it is, who signed an anti-drag bill um, and then was later outed when they showed a photo of him dressed in drag because the inter- internet is never defeated. Um, there was another state rep from, I think it was Texas, who a Republican state rep, who uh, Nate, I can't even remember his last name, Nate something. Who objected to, you know, drag people uh, being in drag, and then he was um, unearthed on some video showing himself in a in women's clothing. So now he was trying to explain away the blatant hypocrisy of why it was okay for him to dress in drag for fun, quote unquote, um, and and he claimed it was a joke from his high school days. Um, there was another. I think it was a Louisiana rep that came out. You know, there was a a Halloween party. Um, oh, no, it wasn't Louisiana. It was actually Florida. It was Florida. Uh, he was dressed as a quote-unquote Katrina victim in 2005. And in the pictures, he was wearing blackface, red lipstick, fake breasts, earrings, etc. And a New Orleans um, bandana around his head. Um, so he he was actually appointed, I believe, at one point by uh, Governor DeSantis um, and then quit right before the governor started waging his war on the LGBTQIA community. But this particular um, person didn't resign because he was in dragon photos. He left office over the blackface because, you know, not only was he racist, um, he was just, an, I guess, an equal opportunity discriminator. Uh, I don't know. The, these people are just disgusting to me. Disgusting. There was a, there was one. I, I read it this morning. Um, another rep, and I believe he was in Kentucky, who was uh, promoting this bill to ban prostitution, or you know, make make the criminal um, elements of prostitution higher in his state. Turns out they found receipts of him um, hiring prostitutes. So you know, look, it's all projection. It's all projection for these people. And so while they focus and while they distract you with these crazy bills and ideas, know that they're doing it purposely. It's going to change next month. It's going to change the month after that while they slowly chip away at our democracy. And for most of us, most of us, meaning anyone who's not a straight white male, um, They're chipping away at our basic human rights. Uh, Speaking of human rights, there was a story this week that came out that uh, state Republicans in Minnesota were arguing that free school lunches for children were unnecessary. I mean, when I tell you it made my blood boil. uh, Let me say the the bill eventually passed and the Minnesota governor signed it into law and Minnesota now guarantees free school lunches for all of its children. But one senator from Minnesota got up and stated that he had yet to meet anyone who has gone hungry. Imagine having the absolute privilege to make that statement. And look, I've never gone hungry, right? I come from a large family. I've always been fed. I've always had a roof over my head. But how do you come so become so removed from reality that you don't have the empathy or the compassion to understand that there are other people in this world who are not as fortunate as you are? How does that happen? I, I wanna know, because I wanna pre- make sure I prevent that it's happening with my child, although I don't, I mean, he just has, and I think all children do, just have natural born empathy that we need to foster. But how do you just become so removed from reality. Another one said, Oh, kids don't eat that much. I think it was that uh, oh, I, mean, I was going to say stupid. I'm not even going to mention his name. But um, he he's he's a podcaster, uh, a right wing. He's Jewish, too. He's Jewish, which, you know, from my study of Judaism, Judaism is against every single principle. Um, but basically said that kids don't eat that much. It's, it's just disgusting that we have that thought in the United States of America, that we're actually having discourse about feeding children and human beings, a basic human need. How is it possible that we're disagreeing on this? I mean, we're really not. I mean, the bill passed. The majority of people polled say agree that, you know, yes, we should feed hungry children. So I know it's just people looking for attention, people making sound bites, you know, by making these statements uh, so they can get the attention. We know why, but it's like, I mean, come on, you don't have any moral compass. I mean, these are the same people who want to shove Christianity down our throats. And again, I, I don't know which Bible they were raised with. You know, I I talk a lot about the Catholic Church, but I was raised Catholic and I took my Holy Communion. I went to Sunday school. I did my, you know, confirmation. And every single passage in the Bible talks about loving your neighbor as you love yourself. Love them as Christ would love you. And I don't know which part of the Bible they're reading, but I always say, let people make decisions for themselves because on Judgment Day, they're going to have to face their maker. And, you know, but in the meantime, we're dealing with hate groups. We're dealing with these hate groups being, having people who are part of our government involved with these hate groups, and we're the ones suffering. What else happened this week? Uh, Gun control. So, you know, while we focus on drag queens who've never hurt anyone and have only provided us entertainment throughout the years, they ignore real issues that are actually hurting our society as a whole, right? Um, guns. I talk every episode about gun because gun gun control issues because it's important to me. President Biden es- uh, issued, I am suffering from allergies, by the way, guys. The pollen in Florida has been atrocious. So I apologize because I constantly have to stop to like blow my nose or you know, sniffle and yes, I've been taking Claritin and it just keeps laughing at me at this point. Um, but yes, President Biden ha- issued an executive order this past Tuesday uh, aimed at increasing the number of background checks to buy guns, um, promote better and more se- uh, secure firearms storage, ensure, you know, that law enforcement agencies are are getting I guess most of the the gun control law that was enacted last summer. um, The executive order, when I read it, was directing attorney generals to increase background checks by cracking down on gun sellers who don't perform them when required um, with this goal of moving us as close as we can because our Congress won't act uh, to some sort of universal background checks um, as Mr as President Biden puts it. Um, The order, I think also what I read was directing federal agencies to improve public awareness and promote the use of red flag laws, et cetera, et cetera. And so look, it's a good move. It's a good move. And he's doing what he can in the meantime with the powers that are bestowed upon him. Uh, But we need Congress to act and We need the Democrats to start pushing this more than they have. We really need them to start making this priority number one. We need them to go ham on this. And I don't feel like they are. Um, Meanwhile, speaking of guns, in Florida, DeSantis and his uh, cronies uh, with the GOP. And so, listen, we have a Republican-controlled state. Okay, they control the House, the Senate, and they've got the governor to sign their fascist bills into law. There are so many laws being introduced this session that are so concerning. And session just started. But the first week of session here, the bills keep kept coming out one by one. And just like after one after the other, you couldn't even keep track because they were so ready to do this. Um, none of these bills help the citizens of Florida. None of them. Uh, you, you can, you almost wonder, and you, when you read the bills, you can see which lobby, which lobbying group and which industry is paying off these politicians. You know, um, I'm going to have some experts on the certain bills come on and talk to you about it. The issue is I believe most of these bills are going to be voted upon this week. So Floridians are gonna be stuck with these laws because DeSantis or Death Santis is showing that he is going balls to the wall on making this just a fascist state. He's making Florida an example of what he's going to do if he becomes the president. Uh so to kind of let's just get into it as the kids say. Gun laws. So last week a Senate panel moved one step closer into allowing the people in Florida to carry concealed firearms without licenses. I've, I spent a whole show on this. I hope you guys go back and listen to this. Um, you know, but they voted in, in the fiscal policy committee 13 to 6, along party lines, of course, to approve that bill. And that bill is Senate Bill 150, um, which is now ready for full consideration by the Senate. Um, but it's going to pass guys, it's going to pass. And the only people who are going to suffer in this state are us. Um, you know why I, I keep questioning, why would any representative or Senator even think to introduce a bill like this? How does it help your constituents? How does it help the citizens of Florida? And the bottom line is it doesn't, it helps line their pockets by those NRA lobbyists um, who are, you know, contributing to their campaigns and for these politicians who continue to receive massive donations. And then they offer us thoughts and prayers and when there's a mass shooting, when what we all want is policy and actual change. And so, you know, Godspeed. I, I don't know what else to say. I mean, I just don't see how any intelligent human being would say, we don't need a license to carry a firearm. We don't need training to carry a firearm when we need licenses and, and, and training to drive a car. Um, we, we need it for so many different things. I mean, this is just asinine, man. It's, it's, it's fucking asinine, excuse my language, but I'm pissed about this. Um, what else am I pissed about? The the abortion ban back on the table. Senate bill 300 proposes to ban abortions at six weeks in Florida. Now I have a whole episode when they introduce and pass the 15 week ban. Right. And at that, if you listen to that episode, I stated to you, this was coming down the pipeline. At 15 weeks, there was no scientific reasoning for 15 weeks. None whatsoever. No medical professional will tell you 15 weeks was some sort of cutoff. Similarly, the six weeks, and listen, they didn't go for an all-out ban because they needed to appease some of their followers. Um, But there is no medical reasoning for a six-week abortion ban either. But it's received overwhelming support from... Florida State House Committee uh, with Democrats a- acknowledging there's nothing they can actually do to stop this from eventually becoming law because, again, people didn't get out and vote. There was redistricting, there was gerrymandering, and we now have a Republican led state with a bunch of freaking nutballs running this state. And so this is going to pass. And so let me tell you a little bit about this bill. It's a proposal to ban abortions at six weeks when most women don't even know if they're pregnant yet I want you to understand most women don't even know they're pregnant at six weeks it proposes a um, it proposes a an exception uh, for incest or rape but again it says you have to have a police report or something documented what this does for victims in Florida is atrocious. It's atrocious. You are now putting the responsibility on a victim. And there's been so many studies on why victims don't report rape or incest. So what happens after six weeks if a fucking 12 year old is raped by you know, a family member and becomes pregnant, doesn't even know she's pregnant after six weeks, hasn't reported it because again, she's fucking 12 and she now has to carry this baby to term. I hate it here. I hate it here. I I just don't understand. And I, listen, my friends make fun of me because I get so outraged about these things, but I don't understand how you are not, I don't understand how you are not talking about these things with your friends or maybe your, 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 just your group of people around you who don't vote and you don't express to them why these things are important to us. Um, There there was one Republican representative, Jenna Pearson's, and I'm going to name her, Jenna Pearson's Mulliker. And I'm going to name her because I hate women like this. I hate women who understand what this means and still push fucking bills like this. She stated, oh, it's a bill that recognizes the importance and value of the life of the innocent, unborn human beings. She further went on to say, oh, it's not a reflection of my personal beliefs, but it's a result of listening in an attempt to build consensus around a policy that supports quote unquote life. Fuck you, Jenna Pearson Mulliker, or whatever your damn name is. I mean, fuck you. Like, honestly, I, women like this make me sick and I wish diarrhea upon them. I, I do. I Maybe I, I shouldn't be putting this out there. I don't know, but I don't know how else to say it. Like, how can you say it's not your reflection of your personal beliefs and that you're supporting life? Have you even taken a poll to see what your constituents think about this? Or are you just lining your pockets, Jenna Pearson's Mulliker, I, and, and the rest of them, the rest of them that are voting on this? And look, this this measure and this bill and is going to give DeSantis, who we know is already gearing up to run for president, you know, some additional fodder to to woo conservative voters. And and he's already indicated he's going to back the proposed ban. He's going to sign it into law and and Floridians are just going to have to deal with it. So I don't know there's much we can do about it. and, And that's what makes it even more frustrating to me. Um, in addition to the gun laws and the abortion ban, which I feel very strongly about, Florida is trying to get rid of any resemblance of diversity. Um, you know, DeSantis has already been removing and putting his puppets on school boards and in colleges across the state. Uh, House Bill 999 has been introduced and seeks to eliminate courses and activities advancing diversity, equity, and inclusion efforts. Um, why why pass the bill why why introduce a bill like this right and it's because they're racist and they're disgusting people so in my outreach, i actually do want to discuss with you what this um bill and it's it's so that you can read it yourself because i always encourage you to go read these things for yourself it's house bill 999 and senate bill 266 in florida you can go to florida.senate.gov. You can pull it up. You can read it yourself. You can see the representatives and the senators who are proposing these bills. You can see where they're from. You can see which of them are supporting it, so that you know how to vote moving forward. Um, so, so what is this? Bi- what are these bills banned? So it's going to direct the board of governors to provide direction to universities to remove any major or minor based. Um, based on, on basically using critical theory, critical race theory or critical race studies, you know, anything with critical thinking at all, they're going to, to try to ban this, um, ban, uh, it's going to restrict general education core co- um, courses, which I'll, I'll talk about how this is gonna affect the accreditation of Florida universities in a minute. It's going to ban all diversity and equity inclusion programs. Um, what does that mean? Uh, so on your campuses, and I know this because I belong to a few of these organizations while I was in college and still to this day, um, it's going to a ban. It's going to ban funding of any um, diverse minority clubs and associations. Uh, it's going to. <sighs> It's, it also, this bill, by the way, creates a post-tenure review process at any time, which again is gonna affect diversity in, in, in universities and colleges in the state of Florida. It's going to remove gender, gender from non-discrimination funding policy, et cetera, et cetera. I'm telling you, go read this for yourself. It is disgusting. And, and what does this mean for Florida, specifically Florida students? Well, one of my own part-time staff members who is, in the process of um, obtaining her degree in social work, and she gave me permission to talk about this, uh, is concerned how this is going to affect some of the courses that she is required to take for her social work degree. Because when you are working in social work, diversity is an issue, right? Um, Recognizing certain social diverse issues are important um, for a social worker. And she's concerned that, you know, her degree may lose its accreditation at some point. So are many, many Florida students who are taking similar courses. Um, you know, she was telling me that some of her her colleagues um, and fellow students who are gender st- studies major are concerned. Um, and these are people who are close to finishing their degree. Which means, if their degree no longer is no longer accredited, they'll have a useless degree. And so. It's concerning she was telling me they're having a five-hour meeting this week their their college is having a five-hour meeting for a town hall meeting for students and um faculty to discuss how it's going to affect them i mean and this is happening across the state so you know look i, I mentioned it's going to affect funding for diverse activities um so think of black and brown organizations um, historically black fraternities and sororities who are already receiving little or no funding from the universities. Um, Historically, uh, Hispanic fraternities and sororities are gonna be affected. African American and Latin studies could be eliminated. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. I'm a member of a historically black sorority, Zeta Phi Beta Sorority Incorporated. I became a member while I was at college, it it served a very important part of my college experience. Most of these fraternities and sororities focus on scholarship, service, um, brotherly or sisterhood. You know, brotherhood or sisterhood, and these are relationships that we make for life. I mean, we continue on after college. You know, I know I know some sororities and fraternities don't have this sort of lifetime. Um, involvement, but historically black fraternities and sororities and Hispanic fraternities and sororities have this lifetime sort of involvement. And, you know, we still pay dues as we get older, um, but it's also relationship building. It's also important uh, to to be surrounded by like-minded people. And again, I, I think it has greatly improved my life. Um, you know, and I'm sure everyone everyone feels that way. But I have to question, what is the end game here for them? What is this, how is it helping our state better, be better? And the answer is it doesn't. It doesn't. It is them rewriting history. It is them rewriting the way they want students to think. There was something that came out um, two days ago, It showed a textbook that had been rewritten in Florida of um, the story of Rosa Parks. And they took out the fact that Rosa Parks um, was required to sit in the back of the bus and that she stayed in the front of the bus and that it was because of her race and color that caused her to be arrested. How do you tell the story of Rosa Parks without mentioning race? My seven-year-old knows the story of Rosa Parks. Like... How do you, how, how do you even teach it? You know, and I feel bad for our teachers because I don't think, well, I, not that I don't think, I, I, I know, you know, 99% of our teachers, people who actually care about education, don't agree with this, you know? So what's the end game? And, and you know, I, a friend of mine made the comment to me the other day, he said, listen, They won't be happy till we're back picking cotton. And I laugh, but I've got to wonder if that's not the truth. You know, what's happening here is you have a sect of people who are imposing their ideology, how they want history to be viewed, you know, the very thing that they're accusing the quote-unquote woke people of doing. Um, And God, how did they misappropriate that word? But, you know, just the caucasity of it makes me nauseous. Um, but they think it's okay for them to tell us what we want our kids to study, you know, what makes it the best way for them to teach these courses, uh, you know, but what, what are they going to be okay with Florida universities and colleges losing their accreditation for failing to provide proper course material? When Florida universities' enrollments is down, what's going to happen? What's going to happen then? I will tell you, I have friends whose children are in their senior year, um, junior and senior year of high school and whose kids are looking at Florida universities and they're messaging me saying, is this really gonna happen? Is this gonna pass? And I'm like, yeah, it's gonna pass. And they're like, well, then we have to rethink Florida schools because we're not sending our kids to a university that may lose its accreditation, you know, or or doesn't have diverse programs. Um, You know if you go to a predominantly white institution in florida you're already a minority which is why these programs and these clubs and these organizations are so important on campus i i again i don't know what the end game here i don't know how we stop it i i just say that we need to continue talking about it and we need to continue objecting to it you know we look back at and i and i'm 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 at fault for doing this I always look back at slavery and the Jim Crow era and the Holocaust and say to myself Jesus who were the people allowing this shit to happen like how could people be so fucking hateful all the time but we are seeing history repeat ourselves we are seeing them try to rewrite histories historians are warning us they're warning us and we don't even need them to warn us we're seeing it in front of our own eyes and it is defeating especially if you live here in Florida, because, again, we have a Republican-controlled state with a governor who is worse than Trump, and I keep saying it over and over and over. He is worse than Trump, and he has no issues with Florida being a breeding ground for his fascism. And, you know, we know he's running a shadow presidential campaign. There are super PACs donating millions and millions of dollars to him already, And the reason they're doing this is because he's more educated, more articulate, you know, presents better than Trump. But he's still willing to do their bidding. He's still willing willing to present this hate. um, And and he's getting the followers to do it. But listen, I don't want to be the deliverer of doom. I just want to make you aware. And we need to organize and we need to vote And we have the time, Floridians. We have the time. I challenge my friends all the time. If you know anyone who isn't registered to vote, help them get registered. Help educate them. Recommend my podcast to them. (laughs) I'm just kidding. But also commit to registering in the next, say, couple of months. Commit to registering five people to vote. If we just take that personal responsibility, if we on our Instagram, and I know people aren't like me, right? I post a lot of political things. I post a lot of, you know, just um, commentary on what's happening. I know a lot of people like to quote unquote, stay out of the political atmosphere, but you can no longer afford to do that. You can no longer afford to do that. If you want to remain in the state of Florida and you want your children to be educated well, you want them to be safe, you can no longer take that approach. And so, in the next couple of months, I challenge you to commit to registering five people to vote, you know, especially ch- check in with your young people. And I say young people, cause I'm in my forties and I have friends whose kids are graduating college <laughs> and getting their masters at this point. So yeah, I know I'm an old fogey, but you know, talk to these young people who are, are going to be eligible to vote this year, because I'll tell you from working with young people, from speaking to them. These young people aren't putting up with our shit anymore. And it just might be these young people who save us. Um, there are tons of other bills being introduced and will likely get passed um, a lot regarding how law in Florida is going to be applied. And, you know, the effects of, of the rights of Floridians are going to be severely impacted on these bills. Even these right-wing people <laughs> are going to be infected Affected um, I'm going to have a couple of friends on to talk about those bills. I'm hoping to get these shows out to you, uh, soon. Um, but I'll address it on the next show. I thank you for listening and putting up with my rant and my cursing today, but I am just ridiculously outraged at what's happening. So, um, I, again, ask you to subscribe and like and comment on our posts and, recommend this podcast to your friends. Please share it. People need to know what's going on uh, with our country as a whole and specifically Florida. And so I will be back with you soon. Have a good one. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and recommend wherever you get your podcasts and tell a friend. You can also follow the podcast on our social media pages.